Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 10, featuring the top five Klingon episodes. Kapla, Klingon Warriors. Kapla. I am Jim Morehouse, son of Morehouse, from the house <laughs> of Morehouse. That's what the house is. Yeah, exactly. And as always, I'll be joined this evening by everyone's Chadich, the Honorable Jeff Hewlett, the founder of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. Jeff, welcome. Jim, are you foreshadowing one of my picks? I think no, I'm not. One of my picks. But, uh, but you might. Everybody be. loves you, might Chadich. Dude, I am. I'm so beyond amped to be here tonight for this episode. Two of my great, great friends are going to be on this episode too with us, and I'm not going to spoil who they are because I know you're going to tell everybody, but. This is going to be one of the most fun Trek ranks so far. I really agree. This topic, you know, it sounds like a Klingon episode, but no, this topic is fantastic, especially because it's the first of two episodes we're doing where we are going to be celebrating Star Trek Discovery Month. Yes. Because Star Trek is returning to television this month, September 2017. Could not be more fired up about that. And Klingons, Klingons will be a big part of that. All right, so let's spoil who's on the episode tonight. First up... We have another member of the Tricorder family, Mr. Ian Adams, host of our Gold Key Comics show with Jeff. Mr. Adams, are you ready for your right of ascension? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do we have to have the pain sticks? Yes, we have to have the pain <sighs> sticks. This is a Trek ranks Klingon necessity. Oh, okay. Well, if you're going right. to have the pain sticks, I guess I'll, eh, Actually, I'll still do it. As long as you have five words and a hashtag, we're we're okay. Okay. I mean, also coming up what? with them was kind of like a pain stick. <laughs> That's true. It's like homework. It's like Star Trek homework. <laughs> All right. And also joining us from deep inside the Ketha province, from his home world Kronos, one of our all-time favorites, Mr. Andy Fark, the drummer for everyone's favorite Star Trek fan five-year mission. Andy, welcome to the show. What up, my patox? Oh, we <laughs> saved. Oh, wait. Is that good? Is that good? That's, that's good. good. That's Klingon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. just do, do, double check. Andy is our uh, second five year mission member to join us. We saved the best for second because <laughs> he's, uh, he's the core. He's the drummer. Come on. What are you going to do? That's right. And actually, actually, I'm the, I'm the, uh, the Coloss, not the core. I like that. Uh, I like that. Uh, Already a Klingon play on words. Uh, so let's get a quick five-year mission update because Andy is here with three massive five-year mission fans. And if you don't listen to five-year mission, what is wrong with you? Exactly. They will. If you add, don't listen to, if you don't listen to five-year mission, shame on you. Yes. Yeah, shame, else, I say. People are sick of me talking about it, but. Uh, <laughs> They uh, so much. So year four is on its way, right? Getting closer. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're in the mixing process of most of the tracks right now. We still have to record uh, all the vocals for Day of the Dove, which, spoiler alert, it is basically uh, a kind of a follow-up to Mike's The Trouble with Tribbles, the, uh, the, the, the uh, like the Beastie Boys rap song. Yeah. 
Right. So yeah, this is basically going to be a follow up to it. So okay. yeah, we get to all all rap again, including Patrick this time. Oh, we, yeah. that's going to be interesting. I love that. Very. We uh, so, I got the, I got uh, Mike previewed a couple songs for me when I was in indie, and oh, as yeah. always, as you would expect, they're awesome. <laughs> They are awesome. So this uh, year four, we know, is going to be just as good as year one, two, three, and Spock Spring. Yeah. It's going to be better. You know, you know um, Andy, true story, Ian. I I bought the entire catalog of your band on iTunes while I was in Pearl Harbor, fueling up <laughs> for eight hours. So great. Because we were doing an ocean crossing, and then I was on the night watch, and, and uh, the second mate didn't mind if we played music, so I brought up uh, you know, my, my iPhone, which I had downloaded all to. And so we listened to five year mission across like halfway across the Pacific from Hawaii to three days out of Panama. Jeez. And then the news turned us around. And so then it was another three weeks back to Saipan. So that was like five weeks basically of mostly listening to five year mission on the night watch. Wow. The That's intense. It was we're, we're... Fantastic. And, where do I and, where do I where do I sign up for the Merchant Marines? That sounds awesome. Uh, well, you got to go to your local Coast Guard. Okay. Center. All right. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So we're so 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 we're we're finally we're, we we could finally say you know enjoyable even even on the high seas. Yes, indeed. Yes. Nice. I love it. And uh, we could literally talk about five year mission all night. So again, five year mission net. Go download year one, whatever, year two. They're all awesome. Year three is amazing. Might be my favorite. Anyway, okay, so let's do a quick origin story because we like our listeners to get a feel for who's joining us. So let's talk a little background trek. I know, Ian, you're, a lot of people will have known your story, but just give us your quick uh, introduction to Trek. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the short, short version <laughs> is... Um... <laughs> When I was a little kid, uh, just learning how to read, my my dad, uh, well, both my parents had just wall-to-wall bookshelves, and among those bookshelves was a book that my dad had from uh, the 70s, back when he used to go to convention stuff, and it was the Starfleet Technical Manual, and I was like, I picked it up, and I'm like, what's this? It's got, like, cool starships and, like, handguns and, you know, deck plans and, you know, all, all sorts of stuff in it, and... Um, I asked him and he was like, well, it's from a television show. Uh, would you like to watch it? And so then uh, one night he let me stay up and, and we watched my very first Star Trek episode, which was Mirror, Mirror. And then through a comedy of errors, I didn't get to see that again for like another 20 years. Yeah, that was what like led the whole thing. Like I just became obsessed after that. And yes. uh, yeah, I, I love Star Trek. So a lifelong fan like myself and Jeff and Andy, what's uh, what's your background? How long have you been a Trek fan? Um, I started off when I was probably like, uh, I want to say like eight years old. Uh, I grew up like a really big wrestling fan. Yeah. And uh, so on, so on like Saturday mornings, like that's what I would do. I'd wake up, I'd watch wrestling, and then sometimes I would forget to turn off the TV. And one day I just kind of like was just sitting there and watching, and then uh the Corbomite maneuver came on and I had no clue what, what to what Star Trek was. And so I watched it all the way through. I was fascinated with the alien popping in and out. And then it turns out to be this weird gap tooth kid. So then 
basically like every day after that for like a year, it was basically, you know, wrestling and Star Trek. All the, like basically that was my, my Saturday morning. <laughs> those are, those are pretty so good staples. Yeah. And so then, I mean, I stopped watching and then I kind of picked back up probably about like halfway through uh t like the like the like like the first run of tng yeah and then and then there's some 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 more lost years and then i got back into it uh probably about nine years ago Hmm. yeah yeah by by about nine years ago and then now i'm i think i'm probably the (laughs) biggest fan in the band now now you're a big now you're in now you're in a star trek band yeah i'm in a star trek band and then now i can also like sometimes like beat mike on like star trek trivia which is amazing yeah. now yeah and you know <laughs> mike's mike's pretty hardcore too so he that was is definitely the battle between fark and rittenhouse <sighs> okay that'd, that'd so, be a tough one yeah for sure all right so before we get into our diagnostic cycle just do a quick trek ranks reset just to remind everyone, this is you know this is straight out of the Treaty of Al- Algeron. This is our Trek ranks uh, staple. Is that you know this podcast is about all the reasons we love Star Trek. We're not here to nitpick or do any of that. We're just talking about the things we love about Trek. That's what this podcast is all about. And we use rankings as the crutch to just have a fun conversation and maybe think about some elements of Trek in a way that you haven't thought about before. So. The main driver, of course, for that discussion is... Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. That's right, Vulcan Master. Our mantra at Trek Ranks is no wrong answers. This show, again, not about nitpicking. We love it all here. Kelvin Timeline to TOS, all the way through to Enterprise, and soon to be Discovery. So it's all fair game on the Trek Ranks podcast. All right, so Jeff... Before we begin our rite of ascension, can you please make sure the path to Kalhaya has been cleared so anyone visiting us at Trek Ranks can get through? Hailing frequencies are open. You got it, Jim. So if you're looking to contact us online, you can find us at trekranks.com and the tricordertransmissions.com. We are also at Trek Ranks on Twitter. And we have a voicemail that you can leave us your picks at 609-512-LLAP. And don't panic, we'll give you that number again at the end of the show. And also, I'm Warp Factor Jeff on Twitter if you're looking for me. Back to you, Jim. Excellent. And I am at Enterprise Extra and at Trek Ranks. And Twitter is pretty much the, the way to get a hold of me. And if you check out our Trek Ranks page at the TricorderTransmissions.com, we have a pretty cool running total of some of the Trek rank statistics from our first uh, 10 shows or so. So Ian and Andy, uh, how can people get a hold of you guys? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter at Andy Fark, not the most clever Twitter handle ever. <laughs> uh, and then also uh, at five year mission. That's the number five year mission and also five year mission.net. And uh, I'm just at Ian one, two, eight K as in kilo. And that's on Twitter. I'm, also on Facebook, but, uh, you know, don't add me because I'm never on there. You know, you know <laughs> I'm confused by that because you could say as in kilobyte. Well, that is what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. It is all related to the uh, my, my love of the original uh, 1984 Macintosh, which had 128 kilobytes of RAM. And that <laughs> as they introduced models with more RAM, 
that became its identifier instead of being like the original Macintosh. Uh, they sold it as the Macintosh 128K. Is that is that a lot of uh, is that a lot of RAM? <laughs> it was back then. Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. You know, it's uh, it's twice as much as Voyager has. Oh like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. No, I, I, yeah. yeah, that's that's not a slam. Like like the Voyager probe that is. Uh, no, just, I know. Yeah, just, it's yeah. Like, we know that. Sixty four. Yes. Kilobytes. Yeah. It's amazing. Nerd. Okay. Next, next time on NASA Ranks. Okay, <laughs> all right. I think we are now ready to move into the Klingon High Council Chamber and get into the topic for this episode. Diagnostic cycle will be complete in 20 seconds. All right, top five Klingon episodes. Let's do it. Guys, let's start the diagnostic cycle. Without getting into your prime directive, I want to briefly just – let's just discuss Klingons for a few minutes. What uh, – Let's start with you, Ian. What's your overall take on Klingons? Do you like them? Do you like the way they were dealt with? Do you think they're overrated? What's your take? Uh, I've always liked the Klingons. The one thing, though, that I've been kind of getting into lately is that, you know, it was really a next generation when the whole Klingon culture really got explored. And and before, you know, in the original series and even up to, like, kind of the first four you might even say first six uh, Star Trek movies, they were really just villains for the sake of being villains. You know, like we all knew, of course, yeah, they were the stand-ins for the Russians or whatever. But you look at, you know, like character motivations and stuff like that. It was really just like them being villains for the sake of villains being villains. And um, I've been getting fascinated, especially with the TOS Klingons and I'm not saying that's in my prime directive. I'm just saying like, like that's something that's really captured me lately is uh, just sort of the strangeness that the, the one dimensionality of the TOS Klingons, because when you start watching them with all of the later series in mind, you, you, you can't help but, but have your opinion of these early Klingons be influenced by all the stuff that came later. And so it, mm. you're, you're kind of like injecting uh, three dimensionality to these essentially one dimensional characters, and uh, it's it's really fun to watch. So that's I, my answer. I can see that, and that I mean TNG is where obviously the the depth and layers of Klingons as we know them now is most explored. How about you, Andy? What's your uh, what's your Klingon take? I I mean I love the Klingons. I mean they're this like just warring tribal race. I mean of course we didn't really kind of get that like like well like ian said until like tng we didn't really you know yeah delve too deeply into them um but yeah i mean there's a there it's fascinating like the more like that you learn about them like some of their rituals and customs and how like they came to be and then now we're gonna we're gonna get so much more backstory on discovery of the klingons that it's i i cannot wait it, the stuff that they've teased really makes you think uh, as we get closer to this thing that it's really going to be linked well. Not that I even think that's that important because I get it. Sometimes you got to reinvent things a little bit to yeah. tell a well, new story. But I, well, I mean, was, they, I, they, they, yeah. they, they, they're, they're going to have a, a much better budget this time, this time yeah. around. There's a like, production value. And yeah. plus, I mean, 
they're obviously going to be delving way deeper into like Klingon lore with this one because I can just tell just by yeah. watching this is this is my personal take there there's some like underground like religious sect and basically yep. like the keepers of like uh, probably probably not Kalis but probably like an offshoot uh, it sounds like something like that is brewing so Jeff yes. how about you yeah, I, I guess maybe I'm going to be the, the detractor here. I'm glad that Ian brought up the TOS era Klingons. As a guy who grew up watching uh, syndicated TOS episodes, I came to know the Klingons as what they were in in TOS. And watching their evolution, I think I can't got a, I got like a kind of a Klingon burnout in a way. And I I just I was never really that into the the brutish hulking warrior thing. And I get it though. And they are cool and they're interesting, but I, I always really preferred the more cunning and sinister TOS Klingons. I guess it's a little foreshadowing. Uh, try not to do too much of my prime directive here, but I, I my heart is really with the original series Klingons. If I could just interject, sure. um, you, you know, I I totally agree with you with that that whole like the Klingons were which were much more cunning in the original series mm. and. That is the part about the TOS Klingons that really fascinates me is because you get from the later series, like the, just these boisterous, full of life Klingons, right? Mm -hmm. Not not the kind of like, you know, let's see how these chess pieces move across the exactly, board. Exactly, yep. You know, and, um, and that is something that has definitely always endeared me to them as well. And I, I think that's probably part of my current fascination with them yeah same with me i feel like that kind of got lost later on i, I love that in the earlier the tos episodes that you had that that more manipulative and intelligent uh tactician type of klingon and yeah um, I, I feel like it they they come they went completely the opposite direction and made them more of a violent brutal physical uh klingon and I, I can't give away too much more without giving away my prime directive. So. No, and I and I get it. It's a and your breakdown is good because I'm I'm actually kind of in the middle. I I I, mean, I do love the Klingons, but there was times when I would get in the mode of all right, we've kind of seen seen this or seen this kind of one note character, yeah, a little too many times. Whether it's you know later TNG or DS9, and and yeah, they were very different than what we saw in TOS. And in some ways, I I I might have preferred TOS, but that will maybe not be reflected in my in my pick. So, all right, okay, we, we've <laughs> dove into this enough. Let's go into our prime directive here. All right, let's find. Let's figure out what everyone's prime directive looks like for our Klingon deep dive. I do not concur with your captain's decision. She's following our prime directive. Define prime directive. All right, Ian and Adam, what's your what's your prime directive look like? What was your what was the criteria, Ian, for your picks? Okay, so um, I thought a lot about it because the the subject, you know, the topic was so open ended. You know, it was top five Klingon episodes. Well, what is what does that really mean, right? And so I went with ones where I was trying to kind of highlight either huge events in Klingon history or uh, huge stories in Klingon culture. And that's, that's all I'm going to say. 
I love that. So, and that is that's what the Prime Directive is all about. Because the reality is, this topic could mean anything to you. It could be, you could have a favorite Klingon episode that they just told a story about the Klingons for five minutes, and you barely even see a Klingon. That could, but that could be your favorite Klingon. So it doesn't matter how big or broad or small or targeted it is. Uh, that's the whole point of the Prime Directive. So I love that. So you're looking at big events and kind of uh, what did you say? Big events and. Big, big, big events and big kind of um, if you treat the Klingons as a, char- as a character, uh, right. big character moments. Big character moments. Got it. Okay. How about you, Andy? For for, for the majority of my picks, I kind of went uh, along the lines of like, where did we learn the most about the Klingons? Like, get some backstory or like or like a big arc that was like super meaningful to like a certain Klingon character or to like uh, a subplot. So that was basically how I, how I picked and chose. And then, you know, a couple here and there just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like the mix. That's usually the way I do it. And yeah. Jeff, what, uh, what was your main criteria for making your finalizing your list? Yeah, I think, I think our uh, prime directives are a little bit similar at this time around. So I, everybody who's listened to Trek ranks and, and other tricorder shows probably knows that I'm a fan of universe building. So when I make lists like this, that focus on a really broad topic, like the Klingons, I tend to favor episodes uh, and films that, that broaden our knowledge on the topic. So for the most part, everything on my list tonight kind of fits into that model. They all represent backstory moments or other significant Klingon moments in Star Trek. And yeah, I guess I'm pretty similar to you, Jeff, and a little bit of a mix with Andy. It was, I was looking for some big moments, some big representation, and also just a little bit of fun. So, uh, so I think I I cross, cross all those markers. All right. So before we introduce third Romoticon to help us go through the order of things, Just another quick reminder on how we're going to discuss each pick tonight. We'll reveal the name of our Klingon episode. Then we'll each give our five-word summary and a hashtag. And then we'll talk about the episode and the elements that, you know, made it one of our our honorable selections. Then at the end, we might go through through some secondary system picks. And then we're going to translate all of our five words and a summary into Klingon. So, okay, we're 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 not actually doing that. Okay, and, cool. and then and then we're closing the whole thing out with some blood wine, right? Yes, perfect. A, a barrel of sixty-three. That sounds about right. I think that's sure. what uh, twenty-two sixty-three. I hope. Yeah. All right, yeah. third Romoticon. I know that you respect a great Klingon warrior, so let's do this. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Okay, guys, let's begin. The rite of succession and the Jajuk. Prove that your ranks are worthy. We're going to start with Ian and then go to Andy and then Jeff and then myself. So, Ian, kick us off. What is your number five pick? Okay, so for my number five pick, I um, I kind of cheated. And I have a feeling that probably some of you also cheated in the same way in that... Um, I tried to get a, a, a good broad um, cross-section of, of Klingons, right? And I wasn't quite able to sneak a TOS one in, but I found a way in, in 
DS9 episode or season five, episode six, Trials and Tribulations. Mm, nice. I like this. And by the so, way, we love we love cheating on Trek Ranks. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Trials uh, and Tribulations is a Klingon episode. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh and the reason that it's it's uh, a Klingon episode in my mind, uh aside from the fact that it has Klingons in it, is my five words consequences of the Organians treaty and the hashtag I want to hear the great Tribble hunt song. <laughs> I forgot about the song. Right. Um, I mean, first of all, like ever since there was the, uh, the motion picture with the new, you know, Klingon forehead prosthetics and all of that, which, which evolved of course, over the next 15 years or so, there had always been that question of, well, what, what, what happened to the Klingons? Why is it that in the original series, they basically just look like people with a lot of body hair in blackface. And then, you know, by the time, you know, the motion picture and, and, and then on comes around, they actually look like, you know, interesting, unique, um, aliens, you know, and, and here was when we first got the acknowledgement because it had been, what, like 20 years, something like that, since 77, yeah, give or take a couple of years. Um, and we had never had a, an actual acknowledgement. We were just always, you know, until that episode had aired, we just, whenever we saw the Klingons in the new makeup, we were like, well, yep, those are just the same aliens as, uh, you know, the, the people in Errand of Mercy and whatnot. And so you just kind of had to use your imagination, I guess, or you would take it at face value and say, well, something happened. And here we got, well, yes, something happened. What was it? Yeah, we don't, we like don't to talk, talk about it. About it. <laughs> <laughs> what I love that. Out. I loved that. And, uh, and then of course that scene where Worf is getting pressured about, you know, like, you know, why don't you like tribbles? And, and he says, well, you know, like an armada obliterated the Klingon home or the triple homeworld. <laughs> And Odo wisecracks with, I'm sure they still sing songs about the great Tribble Hunt or whatever his line was, but... It's been my observation that most humanoids love soft, furry animals, especially if they make pleasing sounds. They do nothing but consume food and breed. If you feed that thing more than the smallest morsel, in a few hours you'll have ten Tribbles, then a hundred, then a thousand. Calm down. They were once considered mortal enemies of the Klingon Empire. This? A mortal enemy of the Empire? They were an ecological menace, a plague to be wiped out. Wiped out? What are you saying? Hundreds of warriors were sent to track them down throughout the galaxy. An armada obliterated the Triple Home World. By the end of the 23rd century, they had been eradicated. Hmm. Another glorious chapter of Klingon history. Tell me, do they still sing songs of the great Tribble Hunt? <laughs> um, so great. <laughs> I love that that's, like, of the things that we know about the Klingons, it is totally within their character to have a great Tribble Hunt song. Oh, of course. I, of I course. love the fact that Tribbles, as... Uh, primitive as they are, have a home world. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> they have to be from somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and then the the other thing is, um, 
like it's the consequences of the Organians Treaty, which was something that I really wanted to kind of touch on at some point in my pick because the first appearance of them, of course, is Errand of Mercy, and then you have the Organians, and um, that the Organian Treaty like shows up all throughout Star Trek, but it's very um, subtle in the ways that it, it shows up. And, um, you know, uh, Trials and Tribulations, you know, also, of course, um, going off of the original series episode, they were basically that entire setup for that episode was the consequence of the Organians Treaty. Like they they now have this area, you know, a neutral zone, if you will, where you have to develop planets in this competitive way so that, you know, whoever is able to develop it best you know, gets, gets the planet basically. And, and that, all of that was from the Organians. And I just, it was such a consequential thing in, in history, in the history of the Klingon empire that I thought, yeah, we got to get, we got to get the Organians in there somehow. Well, we're going to, we're going to end on the note that Aaron of mercy is my all time favorite five-year mission song. Cause it's I knew ass. that. Yes, I know. All right, Andy, what's your number five pick? <laughs> well, um, I don't, I didn't really put them in any discernible order just because oh. I couldn't, I couldn't rank them like you do, Jim. Well, na- well now they are, cause this is going to be number five. Oh, so it, basically ranking I'm is, gonna... sorry to interrupt, but ranking oh, no. is kind of Jim's superpower. Oh no, I know no. it is. <laughs> so I'm going to basically pig, piggyback off Ian for, for my first pick. And I went with, uh, TOS is the trouble with tribbles. Yes. Two tribbles right off the bat. Five words, the week done gone bad, hashtag as garbage, hashtag storage departments, storage departments. Uh, Such a great moment. All right, well, we kind of already talked about it. The Organians, you got some Koloth love with uh, with the Trouble with Tribbles. It was definitely on my short list. Oh, yeah. I love that our first two picks are trouble with dribbles, basically back to back. Excellent well, I mean, job. I mean, it's just a, it's just such a classic episode. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's definitely not our first introduction to the Klingons, obviously, but I mean, you get you get you get you, you finally get more Klingon Federation interaction, other than other than hey, these Organian guys think that think that neither one of us belong here. What are we going to do about this? You go, no, you go. So now <laughs> basically, we got them just feuding back and forth and getting into a, like an old Western bar brawl. Yeah, and I love it so much. It's... I mean, I have I have zero shame in saying that the Trouble with Tribbles is is one of my all time favorite just Star Trek episodes in general. No doubt, totally. no doubt. It's phenomenal, and the Klingon element is great. Okay, Mr. Hewlett, Jeff, what is your number five pick? Oh, man, I wish I could have put Trouble with Tribble, uh, Tribbles with, as my number five pick, but I didn't. Uh, my five words are Klingon bastards killed my son. Oh. And hashtag oh. because you wish it. It is Star Trek Three: The Search Ooh. for Spock. Yes. So oh, pivotal, nice. pivotal moment. In Kirk's history with the Klingons, the deaths of his yeah. son, uh, and a significant moment in Trek that I think is really overlooked. I don't hear a lot of people talking about the fact that the Klingons killed Kirk's son. I think it's a huge, huge moment in Star Trek. Uh, Krug oh, yeah. is one of my favorite Klingons of all time. 
Uh, yeah, he was and, great. Uh, and obviously one of the most twisted Klingons of all time. Yes. I mean, yes. The, the dude kills his girlfriend for knowing too <laughs> yeah. much, right? She viewed the right. Genesis tape and he freaking blew her up. That's crazy. <laughs> and then, so true. And then, That's hardcore. then he vaporizes his gunner for accidentally blowing up a Federation ship and denying him the prisoners that he wanted. I mean, this dude is the epitome of Klingons. Yep. So, I mean, this is this is this is Klingon 101 for anybody who wants to know how to be a Klingon. Watch this, this <laughs> portrayal. Right. So um, it's also one of my favorite uh, dialogue exchanges in, in oh, all of me. Star Trek. The 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 moment where you, you've got a crew beaming down to the planet uh, and beaming up most of the people that are on the planet as prisoners. And Kirk says, uh, you know, you should take the Vulcan, too. And Krug says, no. Kirk asks why, and Krug says, because you wish it. Yes. Perfect, perfect. So brutal. I mean, Christopher Lloyd was the most badass Klingon. I I absolutely love Mm. this moment. And there's so many great moments in this movie uh, that really, really sell what the Klingons are all about. And I think Christopher Lloyd's portrayal of Krug is absolutely perfect. So, uh, and it's and it's so underrated. No one ever talks about it for sure. No, no, no. no. I mean, I mean, it's not a great movie. Um, I mean, the first half of the film is great. The second half, not so great. But, um, you know, th- some of these Klingon moments are, are so overlooked. And, of course, I've, again, the death of Kirk's son at the hands of the Klingons really shapes. Uh, it puts the period on the end of Kirk's uh, building of hatred uh, for the Klingons. Yeah, you know, and, and um, <laughs> there's even a, a scene that I love at the end of that movie with uh, John Larroquette's character Maltz, yes, when when Kirk and crew beam up to the Bird of Prey after mm-hmm. you know dispatching of Krug, uh, spoiler alert, yeah, it was like <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Maltz comes up to him and says, "You said you would kill me," and Kirk is like, "Yeah, I lied." Yep, <laughs> they just they take him away. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and he's probably on that ship all through Star Trek Four. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Take that, they sucker. Le- they left him on Vulcan. Well, Jeff, I have had enough of you. you nice. Okay. <laughs> All right. My number five pick is also a little bit of a TOS cheat as well, uh, like Ian said. Mine is a season two Deep Space Nine episode, Blood Oath. And mm. my five words in a hashtag are revenge best served with dax hashtag <laughs> king koloth and core i love these three guys i love i mean i'm yeah. the reason i picked this episode is i just remember being so happy seeing them together uh, in new star trek when it came on i just couldn't believe we were going to have an episode with king koloth and core the ogs Exactly, the OGs. Are they the the, uh, the uh, OKs? I guess really. <laughs> eh? Eh? <laughs> yes, they're more than OK, but they are original Klingons, and I uh, I love the Dax element. I love a little bit of the Klingon backstory. The uh, the oath she makes. They're they're showing they're connecting TOS Klingons for the first time with uh, TNG Klingons. So just one of my. Uh, one of my favorite episodes when it comes to uh, Klingon backstory. Love it. Okay. Love it, love it. Love it. God, 
that episode was so great. Just like you said, uh, just seeing those three again in action, even though this was long before the explanation of like, well, why are they, they were, they had smooth heads, you know, 25 years ago and now they, they don't what's going on. <laughs> you didn't care. It was Who just great to see them. And they cares? were Klingons. <laughs> they were, they were awesome. It's cool and he's drunk. Exactly. Yeah. And let me just, I, no one loves canon or continuity more than me. I love it. It's, I, it's one of the great things about the 700 hours of Trek mythology, but I'm also not hung up on it. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Okay. They've, they've got makeup now. Okay. I get it. And right. I love the, I actually love the fact that enterprise goes back and, and gives a little backstory on how that could be a thing. Finally. Which they did expertly, but even if they didn't, who cares? All right, let's get to round <laughs> exactly. four. Ian, what is your number four pick? Well, my number four pick is, uh, Jim, I, I, I hear it's your second favorite movie. <laughs> uh, my five words, Shakespeare and the original Klingon. <laughs> and my hashtag is, hey, Klingon things get names. And it is <laughs> Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. I love it. This will not be the only time we talk about this. That is my prediction, but we'll see. So uh, I'm assuming, I mean, there's many reasons why it would obviously be on your list. Yeah, well, um, so sticking to my prime directive, you know, I, I wanted to tell or I wanted to focus on stories uh, that were of a consequential nature to the history of the Klingon Empire. And it doesn't get more consequential than the first Kittimer conference. Mm. Right. Very and so true. you have yeah. a plus, I mean, beyond that, right? Like you've also got um, the assassination of the Klingon chancellor played by David Warner, who did, if I may say, an amazing job, second only to oh, his yeah. performance in Chain of Command. And then you had the, the great villain, Kang, who I just I love that guy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just love that guy. You love to hate Wait, him. You meant you meant Chang, right? I think you said Kang. Oh, geez. Did I? Oh, sorry. Yes, I, I didn't mean Chang. Of course. Uh, I was getting confused. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Wait, Kang, we're talking about Kang flashback? was not in Star Trek VI. But, but um, he was in Flashback, which is a connection to Star oh, Trek. Oh, that's right. Oh, yes. uh, Anyway, 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 continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you learn things like... Uh, well, the Klingon things get names. So, so before in Next Generation, as the Klingons were starting to get developed, right, and you, you started getting these insights into their culture, and, and you even, um, if I remember correctly, you even had the Klingon Civil War before Star Trek VI came out. And, um, like, all the time, you know, you'd have, like, well, it's, you know, Kempek, the leader of the mm, Klingon High Council, sure, right? And then right. Star Trek VI, we finally learned, it's called the Chancellor, right? And then you learn about, like, well, what do they do with our prisoners? Well, they send them to this, you know, uh, ice asteroid called Rurapente, and you're, you know, it's the alien's graveyard and, and all of this. Like, you, you learn so much about the Klingons that was stuff that was already kind of introduced throughout TNG, but you, yeah. you finally you finally were able to pin a name on it. And you've also got Worf or 
You do. Or, or, or Moog, or Moog, or Uncle Moog, or whatever. No, no, that's Uncle Moog. Yeah. And he was worse grandpa, Morgan. Yeah, right. Right. Uh. Grandpa. So super cool. Okay. I know we're going to, a really good chance we're going to talk about this one again. Andy, what's your number four pick? Oh, uh, let's see. My next one five words. Riker makes an awesome Klingon. Hashtag, there's a hole in the paw. <laughs> season two of TNG, a matter of honor. I love this pick. I, I, it's definitely probably my, I would say probably top three Klingon episodes now that I'm actually thinking of ranking them. Yep. Just because, I mean, you, you you it starts off with, you know, just an exchange program, and then Riker comes on and basically, you know, does it all prison style, you know, punch out the biggest guy on the first day, and you're going to get respect. That's exactly, exactly what he did. Tell me of the shortest method of attack against the Enterprise. I won't. You must. It is a matter of honor and loyalty to your oath. I will not surrender the secrets of the Enterprise to you. If your word is no good, then how can we ever trust Starfleet? I will not break any vow that I have taken in the past. I have also taken an oath of loyalty to your ship. I will not break that. They are in conflict! No, sir, they are not! I will obey your orders. I will serve this ship as first officer. And in an attack against the Enterprise, I will die with this crew. But I will not break my oath of loyalty to Starfleet. you had told those secrets about the Enterprise, I would have labeled you a traitor and killed you where you stood. But instead, you will die with us. You will die with the Klingon. I love and that. Then of course, and then, of course, yeah, and then he has to, like, you know, basically prove that he's not like a federation spy you know why would why would he put me on this ship if they were going to destroy it that's the question you should be asking <laughs> yeah I, 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 I love that episode just because basically any chance that Riker gets to be a badass instead of like being like all like <laughs> contemplative of life and just sitting sitting on chairs weird I mean I am gonna love it and, and let's be clear, Riker is a badass in that episode. He is so oh, he good. Is a complete that, badass. That scene where he won't betray the Enterprise and Captain Cargon is like telling him, you like two or three times back and forth, you need to tell me what their, I don't remember, their shield codes or whatever their weakness was. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not doing it. And then Cargon basically says, Yeah, you know, if you had told me, I would have said you were a traitor and I would have killed you right where you're standing. Exactly. I, I mean, it was just, that moment. it was cunning. And plus it was like the first time we got to see like an actual Klingon ship. Yeah. Like, like, like the yeah. bridge and everything, the yeah. inner workings and how like the crew works together. And it's just so crazy. It's like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't think the captain's doing a good job. I'm going to kill him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> great, great, great pick. All right, what about you, Jeff? What's your number four pick? All right, so my number four pick, let me give a shout out to my friend Andy Fark and a tangential (laughs) nod to Mr. Ian Adams. So uh, my five words are best bar fight in Trek and hashtag (laughs) swaggering, overbearing, tin-plated dictator with delusions of godhood. (laughs) TOS season two, episode 13, Trouble Tribbles. Um, So... Comedy aside, I mean, this is a comedy episode, highly regarded as a comedy episode. 
the more serious parts of this episode, I think, have some excellent, excellent Klingon moments. Andy alluded to some of them earlier. So uh, obviously the bar scene in particular displays that great rivalry between the, the Starfleet crew and the Klingon crew. And I, I love that. And you get drunken Klingons, which is mm-hmm. even adds to it. So, But I think that that scene in the bar also illustrates something else that's really more important than that. It establishes the fact that Kirk has a reputation amongst the Klingons and Korax right. yeah. Korax yeah. has some really strong opinions <laughs> on mm-hmm. Kirk, right? So yep. that that's awesome. And also on the converse, uh, I think another really standout moment in that episode happens kind of earlier on. And that's the fact that the, um, the commander of the station has some really serious concerns about Klingons having shore leave on the station yeah. and is requesting security backup from Kirk <laughs> to, to protect them from these troublemakers, right? So obviously the Federation and Kirk have a reputation amongst the Klingons and vice versa. So this episode kind of illustrates that amongst all the other things, it kind of seems to get lost in, in translation. But I think if you if you really read into it, you, you kind of get that sense. And uh, also you got Koloth, who is another amazing Klingon character. And finally, I think Arn Darvin being a surgically altered Klingon to look human, I think that that's some more of that Klingon cunning from TOS that kind of gets lost in the future. The fact that they oh, yes. were able to do this kind of devious stuff, the, these acts of subterfuge that they, they don't do again in the future, it, it's a shame because th- that really sets the Klingons up to be more than just these hulking brute monsters, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great summary of that episode. And I love that we have a duplicate and really almost a triplicate because we've yeah. already got trials, too. I don't know what. Well, who knows? It might still be on another list. Uh oh. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, my number four pick is. I'm gonna start with my five words and a hashtag. A glorious warrior's sad ending. Hashtag the Maktovar ritual. This is the real outlier outlier pick. It's uh, I actually picked Sons of Moog from DS9 season four. Nice. Which is it's not one of my all time. I mean, I would never really consider it to be one of my all time favorite episodes. But when I started to break down these top five Klingon episodes, I just could not cut this one because I love what it says about the Klingon culture. First, it, kind of what it said about Worf, which I love the fact that Worf was never written in a way where he was just doing standard TV tropes. I mean, in the defector when he, I'll never forget just being floored when he doesn't donate his blood to help save that Romulan and he dies. Yeah, I know. know, I'm just like, I just didn't expect that. I'm like, they actually did that on TV. And then same thing, like a season later, he, he kills Duras in cold blood and you know, normal TV show. It's like, he goes over there, but he doesn't kill him. You know, because you don't just murder somebody. And I love that. So well, maybe and then, you and, don't. Right. <laughs> and in this episode, he quite literally stabs his brother in the heart with an assisted suicide moment because the brother is Kern is depressed and has had everything taken away from him. And it's the only way to get to Stovacor. So they perform the Maktava ritual. And for me, I mean, that's the main reason I picked this. I just think it was a really interesting episode in terms of the Klingon culture, watching the way Kern struggled. 
And then I really love at the end this moral quagmire and the questions are raised because basically what I'm pretty sure what Worf did to Kern at the end of that show is not okay. Uh, right. Erasing his identity and just letting him live, you know, in a on a farm somewhere in the outskirts <laughs> of the Klingon Empire. Like a dog. Exactly. But on the flip side, on a farm. his alternative was to kill his obviously healthy brother just because he was sad and depressed. Anyway, I just love the way that the big questions this episode raised. I loved what it did for Warp's character in good ways and bad ways, making him more interesting. So I know total outlier pick, but any thoughts? No, I, the, the, that, that I loved because it was, it was actually a callback to the, to I, I can't remember the name of the TNG episode, but basically it was, it was when Worf had, had, had basically asked Riker to kill him. And so, right. so oh, yeah. it was the whole like Moktava ritual coming back again in DS nine. Yep. And I was like, Oh, that's what he asked, asked Riker to do. Yep. Right. So yeah, yep. I, 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 it was it was definitely a great callback, and like it, it, I was like, "That's that thing that happened before." Canon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It uh, it asks a lot of interesting questions in this episode. So. Yeah, and and, I, and um, kind of piggybacking on what Andy said, right? Like, um, it's also kind of a continuation of what you could see. Uh, Worf doing to Kern earlier in TNG when um, uh, remember like when he was dishonored he was like well no we just won't tell anyone that you're actually of the house of Moog and you can go right. do your thing and um, yeah so it's just yep. it, it, it builds on all that had come before another reason I love Klingons because of all the layers. So, okay, let's move into the soup round, round three. Ian, what's your number three pick? All right, so uh, my number three pick, uh, and if I'm understanding the rules from earlier episodes all right, it's okay to pick a two-parter as a single episode. Of, did, do we get to watch more Star Trek when you do that? Then, of course. Yeah, turns out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my number three pick is Deep Space Nine, episode or season four, episode one, Way of the Warrior. Of course. Nice. And uh, my five words are, can't trust a quiet Klingon, and hashtag, <laughs> hashtag the blood will tell. And... And what I loved about this was the whole premise of it was that the Klingons were returning to the old ways. And I took the old ways to mean more like in the TOS days, right? Where they were just going around conquering worlds willy nilly, just set up a governor and like, you know, kill the population until they're in line. And, um, and because of that, they're like, well, crap, we got to do something about this. We can't just have Klingons, you know, taking over worlds and stuff, especially uh, nearby empires like the Cardassians. And so they bring in Worf. It's Commander K-Box. Why did he give it to me? He's letting you know K-Box dead. Martok probably had him executed for disobeying orders. Which means our next confrontation with the Klingons won't be resolved so easily. Any suggestions, old man? 
the longer the Klingons are here, the worse things are going to get. Whatever you decide to do, you'd better do it soon. Curzon told me once that in the long run, the only people who can really handle the Klingons are Klingons. That was such a great moment, right? I mean, that was an amazing moment. Yeah. The, the first time you saw him walk into Cisco's office, you were like, yes. Yes. <laughs> hopping off that hopping hopping off that turbo lift like a badass. Exactly. Iconic, and, uh, iconic Trek moment. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And um, you know, I, I loved uh that whole thing where it, it, it was it was almost like a like a C or a D plot, you know, where um Yeah. Once the Klingons came aboard, they were all hanging out, but like Everyone was really quiet. Have you ever heard a quiet Klingon? I haven't. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that gives you an insight into, uh, you know, Klingon culture. But then also um, uh, the blood will tell, which is kind of the theme of the episode, right? Um, not just in that, in that uh, scene where Martok shows up and it's like, okay, everyone, let's prove that we're not changelings. But the blood will tell as in, Hey, we're gonna invade Cardassia, and we're gonna like kill a bunch of people. And hey, if uh, they're not changelings, well, the blood will tell. <laughs> big, big moment in Klingon history. Oh, yeah. for sure. And it is a. Uh, I mean, this is an all-time great episode of Star Trek. Even it's coming right in the middle of the DS9. Even though they had to reset a little bit from where they were building the show but it just ended up fitting in so well with everything they they did those last four seasons love it oh, yeah. all right it just, it just added so, so like so much to ds9 after that perfect all right andy what's your uh, number three pick oh five words are expose gauron not assassinate him hashtag <laughs> ultimate ultimate ds9 cosplay nice talking about ds9 season five apocalypse rising Oh, I love this pick. No, I, Why is it probably, on your list? Yeah, it is probably one of my favorite DS9 episodes because you get to see uh, O'Brien and uh, Odo and Cisco and I, who's the fourth? Oh, Worf, duh. He's yeah, not really doing too much in disguise, which is why I, I, I couldn't think of him. But yeah, they're going like deep undercover. And they're going to basically infiltrate the whole brother of the sword ceremony to, to expose Gowron as the changeling. But, oh, they're throwing a wrench in the works. It's not Gowron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I oh, just, they, so good. That episode was just fantastic beginning to end just because, I mean, especially like seeing Cisco getting so worked up like like especially when he was uh, when he was overhearing the one klingon bragging about going in and just killing everybody on like on like a federation ship oh yeah and then he just knocks him out but he still he still has to stay in character just don't get between me and my blood wine <laughs> <laughs> such just, a great just, moment yeah just like it's it's just an all-night party but obviously they have they have a mission and it's fantastic just seeing them all playing Klingons was just awesome to watch. And then plus the whole the whole twist with Martok being the changeling. And then, yep. you know, later on down the road, he's in jail. Yep. They bring <sighs> him back. I uh yeah. 
I am ashamed that this isn't even on my short list. Somehow I forgot. What? This is such a great pick. Such oh, a great. Pick. This is why I love Trek Race. Then. I hadn't thought of this one for some odd reason. Incredible. All it's right. Yeah, it is spectacular. All right, Jeff, what's your uh, what's your number three pick? All right. So as you foreshadowed in my intro, uh, my five words, Picard makes the best Chadich. Hashtag, yes. <laughs> I can think of no one I'd rather have by my side. Uh, TNG season three, episode 17, Sins of the Father. A classic. Yeah, I really love the Klingon yeah. politics in this episode so, so much. Um, you know, and along with Worf's family backstory stuff that comes out in this, it's, it's all really great. So there's, there's um, I think this is a really great episode to illustrate the Klingon's code of honor and how far they will go and how seriously they take it. Uh, also gives some really great insight into Worf and Picard's relationship. Uh, yeah. I love that Worf has such a deep respect for Picard that he chooses them as, as Chadish, despite the fact that there are, you know, so many other people on the ship who would be better suited physically uh, to be the Chadish. And Picard also on the converse, Picard is also willing to put his life on the line to stand yeah. by Worf in his time of need. That's huge for a captain uh, to do that. That's amazing. Captain. I must choose another Chadich. I would like your permission to ask one of the crew. Well, of course, Lieutenant. Choose whomever you wish. Then I would ask you to stand with me. You may refuse with no dishonor. Thank you, Lieutenant. I appreciate the gesture, but I know that there are stronger and younger men from whom to choose. I can think of no one I would rather have at my side. Jilajnesh. Jeet Ket Jagmijaj. I accept. There's so many great Klingon moments in this episode, and there's too many to list. This is really one of my favorite Klingon episodes, and favorite Worf episodes, frankly, of all time. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it might be. I'm not 100% sure. I think it might be the first episode where Worf says... Today is a good day to die. Oh, you might be right on that. I think but you're the, right. Maybe. But the day is not over. So <laughs> it's it's an all time all time classic. We got plenty of time for dying. It's it's okay. <laughs> all right. Dying for uh, days. Awesome pick, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's end uh, number th round three. My number three pick. We have a duplicate. The soup round, duplicate by the alert. way. The soup round. We are finishing up the soup round. My number three pick. Excellent taste of Klingon culture. Hashtag one or both. It is season two TNG, a matter of honor, which Fark just picked last yeah. round. I love this episode. I love Brian Thompson uh, as Clag. I think he was just one of the best. You, Andy, Clag. you mentioned it. You mentioned it early where <laughs> uh, the captain Cargon, when Clag's going at him, and he's like, "I think this is your first command decision." And then Riker just beats the crap out of him. Oh, Love such a, such a good fight. Really good. It's just the, the whole episode. The structure is really smart. The the B story, the way it intersects with the Klingons at the end, with uh, that Benzite Mendon not reporting mm -hmm. the the uh, the virus or whatever it was that was infecting their ship, mm -hmm. and and of course this great scene with uh 
there's a great scene where uh, where Riker, of course, is eating with all the Klingons and they're oh, sparring back. And and forth. I was going to yeah. mention something. Yeah. Like that. And he says, and he's and Clagg's telling him how sad he is about his father, and he, he he's disgraced him because he's basically not died. And Riker's trying to tell him, hey, that's not cool. He, he says something like, I don't know how the Klingons don't know how to show feelings the way humans are. And Riker says, yesterday I did not know how to eat gach, which I I love. It takes a huge bite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And an enthusiastic a, bite. Yes. Oh, very enthusiastic. But my, my probably one of my favorite things about that whole like dinner scene, like in like the galley there, was um, how like they were just joking around back and forth. Like Riker just fits right in with the Klingons because you know it's like why is she, why is she looking at me like that? Because she wants to mate with you. <laughs> I may be back for you or you later. Do you think you could handle that? One or both. I love it. Yeah, it's uh it is pure Klingon gold in that episode. Okay, let's move to round two. Ian, what is your number two choice? Uh okay, so I think my five words will give it away, so I'll just start there. Uh the five words are holy buckets. Klingon Civil War. <laughs> it is uh, TNG epi- uh, season four, episode sixteen, Redemption. But I actually only chose part one on this, not the, oh, the two. Yeah, interesting. But my hashtag: the Klingoniest Klingons, whatever Klingoned. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> right. That actually so, makes sense. Yeah, well, because like, this was, with it. yeah, this was a really ambitious episode. Um, one of the things that I loved about it was that it asked the audience to care about um, nuances of Klingon internal politics and culture and to tell a new story, like a, a, a twist on the whole, you know, vague thread of story that TNG had been telling up till then, building on previous stories, uh, but without bogging everyone down with, you know, tedious exposition of like, okay, well, so last year, you know, Worf had his honor lost or whatever, you know, like, like it just expected everyone to know all of that stuff. And the episode, you know, it's like, it's mostly talking heads aside from like one part in act three where there's like a ship battle. It's basically talking heads, but all of those scenes are so compelling you know, you, you can't help but be interested in what's going on and trying to follow it and connect the dots and, um, you know, all the choices offered and taken by each character are really tough and, and um, the stakes, they, they feel high, but like not in an unbelievable way. Like you could see how everything just sort of fell into place to make this huge crisis of this corner of the galaxy happen. And it was full of Klingons being the Klingoniest Klingons, whatever Klingon. That is the absolute <laughs> truth. It's an all-time great episode of Trek. And I don't know if there's anything to add to that. I can't add anything. Okay, it's spectacular. All right, Andy. Andy, what's your number two pick? Oh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, my, my, my five words are Captain Archer goes to jail. Hashtag. Yeah. So, Enterprise Season 2, Judgment. I love it. Wait, what was your hashtag? Oh, uh, Attica. Oh, 
Oh. <laughs> all right, an enterprise choice. I love this. So See, I break I was, it down. Because I was, I was going through, and I was like, you know what? I think there's really only like two or three episodes featuring Klingon on Enterprise. I want to go. I want to go back and watch them. So I watched them. Watched them over the other day, and I forgot how great of an episode Judgment is. It's basically like, it's basically like an episode of Law and Order, but yeah. it's just set in like like in Klingon space. Yep. And it's fantastic. Ding, ding. Like Archer is basically just accused of this crime, quote unquote. And, you know, <laughs> you get you get you basically get like the hashtag fake news from like from like the, the now ex Klingon commander. And then Archer's like, that's not what happened. You shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that's when they show they frame the different versions. All I know is great. It's like a whole like yeah. big like like he said, she said type thing. Yeah. Exactly, and it's, it's really... a fantastic episode. And then you get you, and then of course you get JG Hertzler as like the best Klingon lawyer ever. Of course, yeah. And he 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 played the crap out of that role. Like the like the one thing that bugged me was like the the judge in that was just a little too like over the top, ham handed with his acting. I will have silence in my court. <laughs> like, he's like, like he's the crotchetiest old bionic handed Klingon ever. Right. Slamming like, that like, sparking ball down as a gavel. And yeah. you get some some bonus Ruropenthe in this episode. That's very, very mm-hmm. true. Yo, yeah, because they because they the Malcolm comes down and uh and yep. uh, like leads the rescue effort. <laughs> yeah, I I thought overall that was a great episode. Plus, you know, I I always want to include an episode of Enterprise like wherever I can. Love it, love that selection. All right, Jeff, what's your number two pick? Wow, I'm amazed this hasn't been picked yet. Although you okay. alluded to it earlier, I think. Ooh, um, I know what it maybe. is. I know what it is. He knows what it is. Five words. It would have been glorious. Yes. Hashtag today we conquer. TOS season one, episode 27, Errand of Mercy. There you go. I knew somebody was going to pick it. You have to. I mean, the first appearance of the Klingons has to be on this list somewhere, right? Oh, of course. Plus, you get the introduction of Kor, who is a fairly major Klingon character, right? The fact is, Captain, I have a great admiration for your Starfleet. A remarkable instrument. And I must confess to a certain admiration for you. I know, of course, that it was you who destroyed our supplies last night. Something was destroyed? Nothing inconsequential, I hope. (laughs) Hardly. They were quite important to us, but they can be replaced. You of the Federation, you are much like us. We're nothing like you. We're a democratic body. Come now, Captain, I'm not referring to minor ideological differences. I mean that we are similar as a species. Here we are on a planet of sheep. Two tigers. Predators. Hunters. Killers. And it is precisely that which makes us great. And there is a universe to be taken. It's a very large universe, Commander. Full of people who don't like the Klingons. Excellent. Then it shall be a matter of testing each other's wills and power. Survival must be earned, Captain. You can't not have this. This episode sets the stage 
for all Klingon episodes and characters to follow, right? It sets up the Klingon race as, you know, the aggressive and cunning conquerors that we know them to be. Also gives us a glimpse into Kirk's evolving hatred for the Klingons. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah, oh, come on. They, they, they almost hugged and kissed at the end. They loved know, each whatever. other. That's because they had to. They had to. Because <laughs> the Organians wouldn't have allowed it to happen any other way. But I, I think that, and it, and at the end, Kirk and Spock's assault on the Klingon stronghold, um, and the fact that they choo- they chose to only stun and not kill the Klingons is yes. a great example of yeah. the difference between the Federation and Klingon approaches to expansion of their mm-hmm. territories, right? I think that really sets an important stage. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I mean, it's one of my all-time favorite episodes. You're so right. It builds... The Klingon culture, even though it really only shows Core and his yeah. kind of s- stiff henchmen, but the way he represents it, just in the things you just said, are, are pretty amazing. Uh, it's it's incredible, and yeah. we we have the right yes to kill millions, <laughs> Captain. Well, nobody yeah. wants war. <laughs> I just I, I just loved it because it was it was just it was a great introduction to like the absolute ruthlessness mm-hmm. of what of like of like Correct. what Klingons would come to yeah. be. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Well, I am fired up that somebody picked it. I will spoiler alert, it's not on my list. It's literally my number six, and I ended up not picking it oh. just because because I felt well, I was hoping somebody else would, but I felt like that was that, that's how, that, that was my thought too. Because all we yeah. saw was core, and I felt like maybe it just wasn't quite enough. But uh, TOS Jeff will pick it. I love it. Yes, <laughs> way to go, Jeff. All right, my uh, my number two pick is another duplicate. Alert! We have another what? duplicate, and my five words and a hashtag are Kern Duras Chadich Klingon intrigue hashtag. You're still fat, Kempek. <laughs> Sins of the Father from TNG season three. And we talked about it already. I mean, Jeff hit it out of the park when he described it. It's one of the best episodes in terms of structure and just TNG, the, the layers of uh, of what they did for building the Klingon culture. So definitely not a, not a deep cut choice. And it's also a little bit of a sequel to Matter of Honor, which I, I like because it starts with Kern coming on board the Enterprise in this exchange program and then revealing that uh, that they're brothers. So um, I love Kempek. I love the ending where Kalis tells him he's fat. I can't can't yeah. stand Duras. Duras is just the worst scumbag. Yes. In and every it, generation. Yes, exactly. In every generation, the many different <laughs> versions of Duras, and it's really the the fulcrum for all what everything of what TNG did with with Klingons. So, all time great episode. What, okay, yeah. let's uh, we've talked about that one enough. Let's move on to our number one top five Klingon episode choices. Mister Ian Adams, what's your number one choice? Well, uh, I feel like. It should be the way of a number one pick that you lead with the five words and a hashtag before going into the episode. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay. So my my five words are, what hope for the Empire? And the hashtag, leader of the Empire, leader of destiny. 
And it is uh, DS9 season seven, episode 22, tacking into tacking the wind. Tacking into the wind. I really feel like this is one of the greatest Klingon episodes, even though it's probably not one that most people think of when they think of a Klingon episode. It's but like, on my list. Yeah, like it's it's a supremely consequential episode for Klingons. You know, it serves oh, yeah. as this as this nice bookend for Gowron's reign, with Worf being the one to both install him and remove him from mm-hmm. all the way back in TNG, all the way there, right? I love the scene when Cisco gets in Gowron's face about the the bad campaigns Martok has been sent on. Oh, so good. You know, Gowron thinks <laughs> it's a suicide mission. Right. Uh, and and Gowron thinks that Cisco's dressing him down out of loyalty, as he says, uh, even though Cisco's just saying exactly the truth, right? But it gives you this yeah. great insight into Klingon psychology because Gowron sees that kind of confrontation and assumes, like presumably based on his his um interactions with other Klingons, you know, over his whole life, that Cisco's doing it because of a personality trait that Klingons supposedly value, which is a sense of loyalty. But Cisco's really just just telling him like it is and like, you better get your stuff together or else we're going to lose this war. And, and, you know, of course there's that fantastic scene with, uh, with Esri and Worf in Quark's bar, uh, where Esri kind of gives her like, you know, thesis topic on, on the Klingon empire, you know? Um, that, I mean, that was basically the summary. That was the summary of all Klingons for the previous, you know, all of DS9 and all of TNG. It was really really smart right you know and um and 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 it it was great because it also echoed like like there were a couple times in ds9 when characters gave some kind of like you know outsiders observations of a particular species or a or a planet or a galactic power like i'm thinking specifically of uh quark's great rant on the federation in um uh way of the warrior where he talks he's he's got garrick at the bar you remember yeah, I was about to say which which oh. one because he did it in the Jamadar, he did it in the scene. Oh yeah, yeah. He did, yeah. He did it good point. I'm I'm thinking of the one from Way of the Warrior where yeah, he got so I, sat down and he pours some root beer. Yeah, that's the root you know? beer one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there's a lot of truth to what Ezri says, but if you think about it, it's not the end all be all on the subject because what's great about this episode is that that's a speech that she gives as advice to Worf, which Worf asked for. And it ends up being exactly what he needed to hear, right? Kind right. of a theme of the episode, right? Hard truth. Yeah, uh, because if it weren't for that criticism of the Klingon Empire, there is, I'm convinced, there is no chance that Worf would have had the courage to ch- challenge Gowron, which was huge. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And, yeah, then, and then, yeah. of course, what, what, what I especially loved about that is that, like, like Worf was so humble about about like you know his place within the empire yeah. that he's like nah martok you take this no i'm not taking no for an answer martok you take this right yeah that's a, that's a incredible moment to close out yeah. the series oh, so good so good all so right good. awesome awesome deep cut choice for me and all right andy what's your what's your number one pick all right. Now it's like I said, I'm not putting these in any order. Yep. Plus, I'm all, I'm, and then I'm, I'm also trying try, try not to do any duplicates, even though there were some on my list. Okay. So, got it. What I'm going with here, uh, five words: Professor Worf schools Klingon kids. Hashtag get that off my table. Talking about oh, no. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> TNG season six birthright part two. Yes. Yes. 
Oh man, I, I, I it's Deep. just like I said, like I said when I was when I was going through and trying to pick these episodes, you know, like where do you learn a lot about the Klingon culture? Like yeah. Worf basically was just giving like basically his like TED talk about uh, like about, about the Klingons. Tonight, as we came home, we sing a song of victory, a song known only to me as a lullaby, but it is a warrior's song. Bada to more, fire streaks the heavens. Shoja to roar. Battle has begun. Bagda to mo, shoja duro, yaja ke o, yaja ke o, yaja ke o. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty much the gist of that particular episode, other than him having to escape this secret Romulan pri- Klingon prison camp. And he's just like, he's like, don't you know what this spear is? This isn't for tilling soil. And then showing him how to play that game correctly and taking the kid out hunting and everything, you know, you know, basically riling these people up. Remember who you are. Klingon lives matter. This is so <laughs> the, the Worf Klingon Ted talk. That is exactly what Birthright Part 2 is. That's exactly so what good. it is. Like the, that was a, that was a, I actually, I actually made, made sure to put Klingon TED Talk in my notes. And also, <laughs> a, I'm not sure if that's... I was gonna. I was already saying that when I realized Klingon Lives Matter might actually even be more apropos. Uh, awesome. That's a great deep... <laughs> that's what I great second for the hashtag. <laughs> it yeah, was exactly. On my, great secondary hashtags. It was, it was on, definitely on my uh, secondary systems because I... I, I love what that says about the Klingons, and uh, I love when they sing that song. And when he teaches oh, yeah, them the song. And, yeah. Well, because yeah, because that was great. Because like the the kids grew up thinking of that as like a lullaby, and they had no yep. clue what they were singing. That's basically like yep. you know, like my kids when they were little, it's like singing along to like like a like a <laughs> like a descendant song about about, right. about like far, farting in a van while on tour. They don't know what they're singing. They just they're know there's fart sounds, and it's hilarious. They're listening to the to the misfits. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> they're 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 listening to like like beat on the brat by the Ramones, and all they all yeah. they know is that it's just repetitive, and they can yeah. it's simple words. And then you know, Klingons all this time are singing about you know the glory of the hunt, yeah, and blood and everything. It's like, oh my god, you were singing this as a lullaby. That's that's some dark stuff. Yeah, there's some good performances in that episode too. All right, great, oh, yeah. awesome, awesome number one pick on Fark's list. I don't care what you say; it's, it's now your number one all-time Klingon episode. You can never, <laughs> you can never change it. Okay, Jeff, what's your uh, number one pick, buddy? <laughs> it better Day be Andy's tub. pick, or else. No, I, you know, it's not Andy's pick, but it's a duplicate. I know what it is. Oh, Jim knows what it is. It's a duplicate, and I, yeah. I, it's a duplicate on this episode, and it's also a duplicate. From my one-off villains picks, yes. Ooh. yeah, obviously Jim. Jim is on to me. So, oh. five words. Guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag history is replete with turning points. Once again, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. I don't know. There's there's too many moments that make this movie a great Klingon quote unquote episode. I mean, we get a, a cataclysm that that threatens the Klingons' homeworld and the Federation debating their response. 
to that capitalism. Uh, and, and, you know, as good as we think the Federation is, they're divided on what to do about it. So there's a great political angle to this. So the Federation isn't, aren't always the good guys, right? Uh, they're not let always, them die. right. They're not always altruistic, right? Even Kirk wants to let the Klingons die. It's huge. So, and, and not only that, there's some fantastic Klingon characters here. We get, and we get to see a rare, what I think is a rarity is a Klingon who actually wants peace and wants to work for peace with yes. the Federation in Chancellor Gorkon. So fantastic character there. Uh, his views, I think his views fly in the face of all the other Klingons that came before him, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen, but up to that point, we hadn't seen a Klingon who truly was committed to making peace uh, with the yep, Federation, yep, yep. right? And then you've got the opposite. We've got General Chang, who, I mean, everybody knows... Uh, General Chang, mm-hmm. and in my mind, and I said this on my one-off villains pick, and I, I for, forgive me for repeating myself, uh, Trek ranks listeners. I feel like General Chang is the perfect mix of a TOS era Klingon and a post TOS Klingon. Yes, yeah, absolutely agree. He's yep. that that he's got that brilliant tactician thing going on. He's he's a warmonger, but he's still got that kind of a tough Klingon bit to him. And I saved the best thing for last. I think this is one of the best parts of this movie that is so far overlooked. You've got a female Klingon who is in a position of influence. You've got, you know, yeah. Gorkhan's daughter, Azitbor, who yeah. ascends to this position once her father is killed, and she takes up the mantle and leads this peace conference in his stead. I mean, that's a huge effort for the Klingon Empire to have an influential female at, at the head there, do, you know, negotiating for peace to save the Klingon race is huge. It's a gigantic moment right. in Trek. And I think that's really overlooked. Yeah. And so you remember uh, there was even during the Rite of Succession. Was that what it was called? Rite of Succession? Yes. And the, the Jajuk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You remember they, they, that was the reason that neither Lursen or Obeytor could become, mm-hmm. you know, emperor was because like, well, they're women. Yep. And I always took it as being like um, that the the sort of chauvinism and sexism of of the Klingon Empire was such that after Azitbor, they were like, well, let's not do that again, <laughs> guys. Right. You know what I mean? Lesson learned, fellas, huh? <laughs> right. You know, that, 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 that they had to kind of get to their, like, you know, jerk roots mm-hmm. as Klingons that, you know, they would be like, well, okay, Azitbor, you win this time. <laughs> but from There's now time. on, no more, no more girls in the treehouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying that retcon. I think uh, we need a better retcon story yeah. for a while. Then. <laughs> oh, and, and don't let me forget, by the way, on the way out uh, at the end of this, that we've also got a bad Merle in this movie, and we know how Jim oh, and I both course. love our bad Merles, right? Yes. We got our Admiral yes. Cartwright. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So treasonous General Cartwright, or Admiral Cartwright, rather. So, uh, yeah, bad Merle moment. No. I uh, I knew you could not resist picking this. I thought it would be your number one, even though it was a little bit repetitive from some of our previous shows. It is. And by the way, let's do my number one pick because I tried not to pick this. I did, but I had to. It's my all time number uh, one favorite TNG episode. And uh, we just talked we about it two episodes ago, but I could not <laughs> not pick it. It's Redemption. Uh, nice. It's uh, number yeah. one on my list. Yeah, I just Very love good. this. My five Don't words and a hashtag. 
Yes, I pick both because right. I'm always about more Star Trek. But you're, of course, right that the first episode is way more Klingon centric. The second is a little more Romulan centric. So, um, all right, my five words in a hashtag are complex plotting hits new heights. Hashtag your blood will paint the way to the future. Yeah, such a great line. I love that moment. I love Kern in this episode. I love Worf. I love Gowron. Uh, it's you know it's Ron Moore at his best. It really you know we talked about it, so we don't need to get too much more into it. But the uh, you actually said it, Ian. It, it instead of just talking about it, it's showing everybody the actual yeah. politics, the actual intrigue, the depths yeah. of the culture in a way that you know it's at, at some level you never thought you'd see. And when I, I remember watching this episode, I'm thinking I'm just being blown away by just how deep they were going. In uh, in Star Trek in general, just in terms of the yeah, alleged, so yeah, well, and, and and it required you to to really just pay attention to just what people were saying because that was where most of the whole drama of the episode was just like people explaining like okay, well here's the situation and now we've got this and now we've got this and but you can't be there. Okay, all right, let's uh, let's wrap it up because this list is incredible. I've got some unbelievable stats which will reveal in a minute in our regeneration cycle but let's just hit on a couple of secondary system choices so far do you got any uh one or two more picks you just want to throw out there really quick well i had i had i had a couple of repeats from you guys of course blood oath and blood oath yep. is on there because i mean yep. this yeah. is a fantastic episode uh, uh of course of course taped it with ian uh, uh t- tacking into the wind because that's just nice. Hail Wharf. I mean, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was just amazing. Like the lead up to that, and plus just the fight scene between yes. between Wharf and Gowron was so amazingly good. well done. And, and right. the death the of glass. Gowron. Exactly the yeah. To- oh yeah, stabbed through the heart at that. But like my my other one that I that I went with that I thought was kind of pivotal and showed kind of like some weird underhanded stuff was uh let's see five words is a uh, test tube Kalis loses election hashtag fake news <laughs> hashtag, hashtag faith in the heart <laughs> uh, so season six tng rightful air that's uh, yep, uh, yep. fantastic just because i mean it was great because you know you got to see you know wharf um, basically trying to put himself in a trance to get this vision. So you got you got like a lot of, a lot of the backstory on the on like the the Klingon religion, and then of course you know the underhanded backstabbing like shadow government trying to form thing with like within right. the empire. So it's, it was it's it, I thought that was a great episode. Yeah, that's uh, that and it's a great hashtag. It, well, it, and plus I loved the fact that like the Kalis clone truly believed he was Kalis. Right. Yeah. And so he was he was just he was just, he was just so sure of it. And like, you know, I'm I am your God. You know, this is I told you I'd be back. Here I am, <laughs> honkies. It was a pretty uh actually that was a pretty good high concept TNG episode. Mm-hmm. We did really, high concept really Voyager, was. but it, it wasn't a cop out. It was like, yeah, he's a clone. So deal with it. Okay. <laughs> we'll put him in a some kind of position. All right, how about you, uh Ian? Any uh any secondary system choices? Yeah, well, um, I got to say that uh, your pick, Andy, of Rightful Air was on my short list, but it didn't make the secondary systems, and that's only because I couldn't come up with a good five words and a hashtag. All of my <laughs> secondary systems were so close to being in my 
my order of things that uh, I came up with five words and a hashtag for them, and I didn't really decide on it at all until yesterday. Well, give so, us, give us, give us one. What's your number six? Okay, so we've got um, uh, Enterprise season four, episode sixteen, Divergence. Yes, oh, uh, nice one. The five yeah. words are TOS Klingons are finally explained. Yeah. And the hash- yeah. And the hashtag is, see, this is why we can't have nice jeans. <laughs> oh. uh, superb. <laughs> superb. I'm glad we got a little love for you the only, affliction. You only diverged. went with that for the hashtag. I, I did, actually. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, Jeff, any last second picks for you? I almost put a private little war in there. Oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. a great yeah. example of uh, the Klingon's tactics of, um, you know, arming a, a more primitive race in order to have them rise up and allow the Klingons to actually conquer the planet without having to use their own resources. Uh, mm-hmm. Really typical Klingon practice. Uh, almost made it into the list. Uh, almost, I had a couple of Enterprise episodes in here. Uh, Broken Bow is on my oh, yeah. secondary mm-hmm. systems. And uh, Judgment is in my okay. secondary systems, too. So there were a few in there, but that almost made the cut, but didn't. Yeah, I had uh, Day of the Dove, yeah. which hasn't gotten mentioned yet. And I just want to throw out, let's get a little Voyager. I didn't pick Bars of the Dead. I didn't pick Prophecy or Day of Honor, but I really like Lineage with... Uh, Oh. Where Balana's dealing with kind of the uh, makeup of her child's DNA, whether she wants it to be as much Cleon as uh, as she is. So, yeah. an, an interesting uh, breakdown. Okay, so let's uh, let's end this right of succession. It is over. It's time to activate our regeneration cycle and wind this episode down. <laughs> Activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay, let's uh, let's not let's not run through the quick recap because I've got so many stats here. We're gonna Ooh. just break it down. It's pretty unbelievable. I've got the the breakdown was very even. So we had Enterprise only had one. No, yeah. no uh, Kelvin timeline. No Voyager picks. DS9 and TOS both had six picks. Wow. And TNG led the way with seven. So very uh, narrow. We had a, we also had a Trek ranks record, five duplicate choices. (laughs) (laughs) And one of those is an asterisk because you might even say it's a triplicate because we had two, two triples and trials. Trials. So, So five duplicates is unheard of. That's amazing. And let's uh, let's break down some of the most popular Klingons. So we've got uh, well, Kang only got one mention. Core two, Arn Darvin three. Oh yeah. Koloth had four mentions. Whoa. Whoa. The uh, the Moog family, not including Worf, had six <laughs> mentions. Most of those Kern with five. Uh, Martok was in three. We're going to add a bonus because uh, Jay Z Hertzler also was in Judgment, so that's four. Word. Gowron had three mentions. We had three triples episodes, two Rorapente episodes, and the Durasses were all over the place with about eight <laughs> different episodes. So as they are. <laughs> yes. All right. That is our crazy breakdown of our top five Klingon episodes, which uh I love it. Really, really in depth. 
So I think, uh, is anyone feeling a little deja vu? Or as Worf would say, the Nipa. Hmm. Because guess what? We've re-entered a temporal causality loop. So before we can depart, it's time to hear from you. Enterprise has been caught up in a temporal causality loop. And I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. So last week was our first big Voyager deep dive as we carved into our top five high concept Voyager episodes. You know, I don't think Voyager sometimes gets the most love, but I knew this topic would showcase the strength of the series, which for me is big ideas and huge sci-fi conceits, which we got a lot of feedback on. So for this week's Temporal Causality Loop, we are going to highlight just a few standout picks of some of... uh, some of the different episodes that we didn't get to mention on the show. So there are so many, it would, would have been impossible to get through them all. So first up is The Borg, spelled T-E-H Borg. Still haven't figured that out. At Star Trek 1701 on Twitter, Star Trek with no vowels. And I have to give him a shout out because while this episode is not necessarily very popular, it's definitely a high concept, they selected Concerning Flight. And they also submitted a brilliant five-word summary and a hashtag. 16th century master is alien. Hashtag where no renaissance man has gone before. I love that. Brilliant. Okay, another unique pick came in from at NerdRick on Twitter, who sent the... Let's go. Let's do the, let's do the five-word summary and a hashtag first. Uh, first contact in a dream. Hashtag neglected to wear my uniform. And, of course, that is Waking Moments, which is another episode with a huge high, high concept. And, of course, it has Tuvok in the buff as well. So, brilliant hashtag from Nerd Rick. And one more reference. I really loved at Phil's Stalkers on Twitter, his list, because it was basically all Naomi Wildman. So... Uh, that's an interesting high concept. And Trek Ranks, listen, we got all day for Naomi Wildman here. Love her. He picked Mortal Coil, Bliss, Lineage, Dark Frontier, and Once Upon a Time. So clearly Phil's a big fan of Flotter and Trevis. So, all right, let's squeeze in one more. Shout out to Justin Oser, a.k.a. at TrekFan4747. He's on Twitter pretty prolifically. Uh, tweeting about Star Trek. He was the only person, at least in our early responses, to highlight latent image, which is a huge high concept and honestly probably one of Voyager's best episodes. So that's a brilliant pick. All right, with picks that good, I think uh, we've easily pulled ourselves out of this week's temporal causality loop. So as always, you know, thanks everyone again for all the amazing responses we've been getting from uh, from our listeners on Twitter. Keep those lists coming to me at Trek Ranks so we can add them to our database numbers and we can retweet them and we can get in conversations with you because that is my favorite thing to do is talk about Star Trek and I do it a lot on Twitter. So put together your list of top five Klingon episodes and give us a call. Tell us your list. Call us at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609 512 at 609-512-LLAP. Hopefully we'll hear from you and we can get you featured in the next episode of Trek Ranks. And in the next episode of Trek Ranks, we're going to continue our Discovery Month. Tonight we obviously went through our Klingon favorites because we know Discovery is going to be chock full of Klingons. 
And in our next episode, we're going to continue our discovery talk and our theme as we rank our top five epic arcs. Because mm. Discovery is going to be very different looking Star Trek series. It's going to be all about it's pretty much a one one massive fifteen part story across a full season, and that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I so love big, it. Yeah, big or small epic arcs. You know, you can define an arc however you want. And uh, yeah, you guys have any quick thoughts on uh, some of your favorite Trek arcs? Dominion War. Right. Yes. Obviously. I mean, yep. that's that's like the be all end all of like any Star Trek arc there could possibly ever be just because it was so complicated. It went through so many episodes over multiple yeah. seasons. They kept coming back to it. Oh, man. And plus, we got to have Jeff Combs for so many oh my parts. God. Oh, my God. As oh my God. One of my favorite all time Trek characters. All time. Uh, I love that. How about you, Andy? Is it, give, give me a small one. So that Dominion, Dominion War, you can't get any bigger. What's a small? You got a small arc that you would a uh, small think about? arc? Something that jumps uh, out. A smaller arc. I would have to go with. Uh, it wasn't. I'm not even sure if you could really consider it an arc, but uh, on same thing, same on DS9. Uh, you had. Uh, let's see. You had Quark in the marrying a Klingon. I love it. That See, actually, this is, actually came up is, a couple times. Okay, I love that you came up with that because that's exactly what the episode's about. It could be as big as the Dominion War or as small as Quark's love life with Grilka. So I love that idea. How about you, Ian? Anything? Wow. Anything jump at any just what jumped into your head first thing when you hear it arcs? Well, I'm not gonna say the Vulcan arc. <laughs> oh, I, only because that's oh, obvious one. I, I kind of I like but, that one. That's a good one. Uh, it, it is a good one, but you know, I would say actually, if we're gonna go Enterprise, like the end of season two when they're trying their darndest to get to Riza for like mm. three or four episodes, and something keeps pulling them away, and they got to go deal with this hostage situation or this got a distress call, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, okay, say no more. But the the Riza end of season one arc on Enterprise, hilarious. That is what Trek ranks is all about. Somebody might pick that. That's a, and that is a pretty small arc to say the least. <laughs> all right, but one thing we know is that the Discovery arcs are going to be huge. Okay, yeah. so all right. Well, before we wrap it up, just a huge thanks to the brilliant Ian Adams and Mr. Andy Fark. They have successfully navigated the second right of ascension. No paint sticks. We avoided the paint sticks. So, uh, all right. Thanks, guys. I hope you had fun. Thanks Wait, for having me. You guys me. avoided the paint sticks? <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, yeah. yeah. You didn't get the memo. <laughs> Why did all I right. not? And ah, a reminder. I'm like so cheated now. Fiveyearmission.net. <laughs> Go check them out. Year four is coming. And even if it wasn't, you got their whole back catalog and it is nothing but awesome. So good. Go check it out. Yeah, All right, guys. Uh, we love it. Okay. Any, uh, Jeff, any last comments to wrap up the Klingon art episodes? No, man, this was, this was a fun one. I was more fun than I even anticipated. So, uh, looking forward to our next episode with, uh, some other super special guests that I won't spoil. All right. Yeah. We're going to keep that one under wraps of who's coming on next episode. Cause it's a big one. All right. Hello. Thanks again for engaging with us here on episode 10 of the Trek ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying 
I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Oh, <laughs> 